This is a Village Soundcast Network original production. Earlier this winter, I was in Toronto for work when a big snowstorm hit. When I arrived at the airport, my flight had been cancelled. I had worked all day and I hadn't eaten. My feet hurt. I was tired. But more than anything, I was hungry. Starving, in fact. So I fought my way through the wind and snow to the closest hotel and joined a long line of other storm-stayed travelers looking for a room. After several minutes of sweating in my goose-filled coat as the power in the lobby flickered on and off, I was given the last room available and told that the restaurant was overwhelmed and should be avoided. My brain quickly switched to room service, a glass of wine, TV, and a shower, in no particular order. Well, it wasn't that easy. The Wi-Fi wasn't working. No one answered my room service call. No one picked up at the front desk, so I took a shower and put on my pajamas. But as established, I was hungry and still no answer from anyone. So what's a girl to do but shuffle down to the front desk in her PJs? The woman at the counter was frazzled. Her phone was going crazy. She looked at me exasperated, knowing exactly what I was about to ask. With a quick nod, she shuffled around in a drawer, pulled out a few takeout menus and slid them across the counter. Try these, she said, balancing the phone between chin and shoulder. They'll deliver. Then, shamelessly, I cruised up to the bar in my PJs and asked for a glass of wine. I brought it up to my room, switched on the TV, picked up the phone and ordered up a Chinese feast. Within 57 minutes, I was watching Mr. D, sipping wine and eating cashew chicken, right there beneath my polyester hotel comforter. It was heaven. Until I woke up with an MSG headache in a room smelling like Chinese five spice. That was just one night in my life. Imagine if I was a rock star and was always eating in hotel rooms. What would that look like? What would I look like? Today's episode of The Food Podcast is all about food on the road. I'll talk with singer-songwriter Jen Grant and her husband, musician and producer, Danny Ledwell. They'll share their top tips for staying healthy on the road, from backstage snacks to picnics on airplanes. Musician and producer Don Kerr will also weigh in on what it's like to be on the cutting edge of weird touring food requests for 30 years. I first met Jen in 2004. I just moved back to Halifax and had a babe on a hip and a cookbook to finish. My sister Jessie, who was 24 at the time, said she had a friend who would be up for babysitting. Jen showed up on my front step in a jean jacket and her strawberry waves pulled into a ponytail. She had a smoky voice. Painting at art college and singing on the side was hard on her vocal cords. She reached for my baby Luke, he reached for her, and I knew all was well with the world. Jen sang to Luke and hung out my laundry. She pulled smoked ham hocks from black bean soup when the timer went off, even though she's a vegetarian. We chat about relationships, old boyfriends, parents, remedies for sore throats, how to carve out a career even when money was tight, and our love of curried lentil soup. Jen's mother, Heather, lived around the corner. She made lentil burgers and nut loaves for us. She shared recipes with me. One time she sent over a baggie of ground ginger to accompany her ginger cookie recipe. Jen sampled my recipes, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and she brought the winners home to Heather. It was a nurturing neighborhood flavor circle. Jen now has a new flavor circle. It starts at the lakeside home she shares with Danny and their two dogs. 
and the flavor circles swirls outward from there around the globe. Needless to say, over the years, I've wondered how these two managed to take a love of food on tour with them. Do they eat Chinese food in a hotel room while watching TV? I pinned Jen and Danny down between gigs for a chat. Sitting across from them was like interviewing one of those couples from the end of When Harry Met Sally. I met Danny when I was at the Kyber Club in Halifax, when it was, I would say, perhaps in its heyday. I was opening for Jill Barber, and Dan was there with a band that he played with called In Flight Safety. And John Mullane, the singer from that band, was doing sound for myself and Jill. I was also a bartender at oh, that bar, but I was not working. So that was my first meeting of him, uh, us meeting. Even though maybe we almost oh, yeah. went to kindergarten together. We went to kindergarten, and I was in the morning class. And, and I was Dan in the was afternoon, the afternoon <laughs> class. We did not meet. And there's a card that my mom found that came fell out of a box when we were talking about Danny one day. And it was... Um, it was a card congratulating my mother on my birth, and it was from Danny's parents and all the kids signed, except for Danny, because he had, was born six months later. Since I was 12, I was vegetarian, and then um, I'm what you call a pescatarian, so there's some seafood in my diet as well. I was not celiac. When did we meet? I was 24, maybe, when we met. Um, I think I was diagnosed around then, though. 27? Anyway. There's a discrepancy <laughs> about when maybe we met. Um, yeah, but I was just diagnosed with celiac disease around that around that time. Yeah, I remember was, you calling me and being like, I'm throwing up. <laughs> I don't yeah, know why. It's not a good time. I'm not one of those people that was like, oh, I stopped eating wheat and all of a sudden my life changed. I was doing okay, but like all of my siblings, one by one, were getting knocked off as celiacs. And I was like, eh, I should probably get tested. Knocked down by the wheat train. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Often, you know, people think vegetarian, wheat-free, it's automatic, healthy lifestyle. But No, not, definitely not. Especially all the things on the market now, like, oh, it's gluten-free. It's a sugary treat, and you can just Sugar have this. Sugar and fat. So we have to be careful with what we're purchasing. Like, yeah. um, Especially baked goods travel. are, like, yeah, usually so many, 90% butter, I think. It's great that they're there, but it's not an it. answer. I love butter. I just... Oh, I love butter, too. <laughs> I need specifics. What are the days on the road really like when you're not driving, but when there are planes involved? I make them paint me a food picture of the West Coast tour they just came back from. So we left on a Thursday morning at 6 a.m. It was a 13-hour journey because we flew from Halifax to Moncton, waited a few hours, there was a delay. Moncton to Montreal, Montreal. another few hours waiting there. Montreal to Calgary, landing at whatever, 6 p.m., Calgary time, which is 10 p.m. or 9 p.m. Our time felt crazy. Walked to a market, um, which we were really happy about, and found some things that we brought to the hotel. What did we get, Dan? I think we we just got, like... A red pepper, some organic tomatoes. Yeah, red pepper, olives. Really good hummus that someone had made. And some crackers made out of lentils. Yeah, lentil crackers. We had also, Jen had made, see, so just on that day, Jen had made muffins. Yeah, made really delicious muffins filled with all kinds of things. And I think we had had maybe like leftover pad thai. And we had homemade pad thai. So I was really proud of us that day because we bought two coconut yogurts that were like nice Greek yogurts in an airport and had hemp hearts in our bag and ground up chia that we put on there. Because that was my next question. You know, you're in the Moncton airport. And what are you going to do? But you were prepared. Watch the family next to you and... Eat your 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 yogurt and ginger tea bags we brought as well, so we didn't have to pay pay for tea. Yeah, and then when we arrived in Calgary, we just got we got groceries right away, and then I mean uh, uh, then you know 
a regular show day, I mean, when you have a show every day, half the time you have a, to travel on the day of the show as well. So whether that's driving, or, you know, so you wake up, we wake up in the hotel and want to get, you know, instead of going and getting home fries and eggs and bacon every morning, you know, so we've taken to kind of having groceries ready. And right. Usually, so we had, we had yogurt that we bought again mm-hmm. for the morning and we had um, banana Oh, no, actually, so on my tour rider, you can, you know, everyone has a tour rider and you can say what you want on your tour rider. And I've accustomed it to, uh, like, smoothie making because we bring our bullet blender, but I also sort of have it in mind for breakfast stuff. So my tour rider is spinach, bananas, unsalted nuts, almond milk, honey, and, like, a like a berry. Uh, so we Just can make so a for people who don't know, your rider is stuff that they provide you at the show. You end up paying gin. for it. It, co- it comes out of you know, like it comes out of the expenses. So like the ticket off the ticket price and stuff. So you're paying like we are paying for it, but they go and get it for you. One thimble of gin. Gin. One thimble, one of, thimble gin. of gin. One just a single one. thimble. Of yeah. Gin. So that before, so we had breakfast that morning in our hotel room. We didn't have to leave. Yeah. So especially when you have to drive or something, you know, it's great to just get up and make you know where we make our. And then we could go swimming. It's like, instead of going and blah, 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 it's like, no, I just have a little bit of breakfast and then go down to the pool, swim it out. Yeah. <laughs> but there are days where you also have to get do press. So it's like you wake up and you have to drive to the city to be there for noon to do press and you, maybe you're performing and then, and then you got to get to sound check and... Unload. Unload. Load. I mean, when it's just the two of us, when, it's just, when it is just the two of us, the loading is pretty... Even Obviously, we're, we only have what we're flying with, so it's pretty, pretty okay. But what about those van days? Van days, I always have the hemp hearts and the chia seeds, and they can go on top of yogurt or something. I'm not a bird, so I can't live on chia (laughs) and hemp seeds. I'm like a large (laughs) human. Uh, So, I mean, those days are harder for you especially kind of like pick out different restaurants that you get to know in different cities as well so like if in Banff it's like we know that in Canmore there's the community cafe where we can go get a Dragon Bowl but if you're driving from say Halifax to Toronto and then you go you to drive Boston Pizza through Quebec and Edmonston I was going to say you hit Edmonston you do yeah. and it's the best and you we get know a pizza where all the Boston and a pizzas giant are. glass of wine and you just party in the Boston Pizza yeah gluten free pizza gluten free pizza gluten free pizza gluten free pastas well, let's not make this an ad for Boston Pizza, but I love we, for celiacs who see how we say it. Well, how we BP. Say it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that is how we say it. There was a time when hotels were the best thing in the world. I'm thinking about how, as a kid on road trips, I preferred the hotel en route to the destination more than the destination itself. Hotels weren't about snowstorms and canceled flights; they meant vacation. I still feel like that sometimes. I really like hotel rooms and pools, steam rooms. Yeah, eucalyptus steam room. Yeah, this last this last <laughs> tour was pretty like you know we'd get up and make a smoothie and go was, to the, go have a swim. Sometimes we on East Coast we bring our dogs. It's adorable. Yeah, so it can be. I mean, that that just adds more work. In my but opinion, no, but. not really. The closest I've been to touring food is the craft table on set. It's usually covered in donuts, cookies, cinnamon rolls, and all the stuff you think you want, but really, you don't. But it's hard to say no when you're tired and there's nothing else. I know that I was never meant to work in the food industry because anytime I worked around, like, in cafes and stuff, I just ate all day everything that was available to me. I love food. But it's also, I mean, alcohol is a big part of that, where it's like, every, every night, it's like, here's your alcohol. 
Yeah, and it's part of it. Yeah, it's part mm-hmm. of it, and it's. I limit myself. Like I'm actually trying to not drink before shows because I feel like there's a new type of way that I feel when I'm just sober. Like it's kind of like a way to relate. It's just the. I guess the. I feel like it's easier to like transcend something that you actually know exactly what you're going to give to people if you're not drinking. But if I am drinking before a show, I have like one gin and soda or one vodka soda, and then I don't drink after the shows, and that's pretty much me. 90% of the time. This one, on the other hand, <laughs> likes it more. Do you have beer? I mean, do you yeah, but beers? I'm all usually driving as well. That's so, true. So not So not she very likes much. to point, like, say no, I'm a big drinker. No, it's more like a wave. I like to drink when I get back to, like, I like to have a beer when I get back to the hotel room after, you know, I'll have a glass of wine before the show and then a beer. When it's we a treat. Get to yeah. Totally. It's a treat. But it's an every night treat. It's like you said, it's like yeah, yeah. every day it's just there mm. and yeah, provided to you. If you think like, oh, what's the healthy amount for a woman to drink in a week? Is it three to five ounces of alcohol or five to seven or something? And it's like, okay, well, if I'm having one to three ounces of alcohol and there's seven shows in seven days, it's just, it doesn't really feel great when I add it up. When you get into a rhythm, so much of what we eat each day is really just a routine or better yet, a ritual. Before a show, I like meditate for five to ten minutes, do yoga for 20 minutes. I do my makeup before I do yoga. People are like waiting for the show or someone's performing before you or something. I've got my mat, Danny's chilling, and I do like the meditation. I put headphones on and I listen to this Indian woman saying, meditate, do yoga, and then it's like, okay, you're on in 15 minutes, and then I just throw on my stage clothes, and then it's my ritual. Danny, what's your ritual? Nothing. Less of a ritual, man. I'd say like loading in and getting ready for the show is part of your... Doing all the work. <laughs> yeah, while she's doing yoga. That's my ritual. <laughs> That's hilarious. Thanks, yeah. hun. I changed my shirt. <laughs> that yeah, takes you... approximately 18 <laughs> seconds. Everyone does what they need, I suppose. <laughs> I chill. I just sit. Yeah. Sit. Tweet. He tweets. <laughs> I'm starting to see that the flavor of a band seems to work best when the ingredients blend well, so to speak. When rituals are respected, when dietary needs are maintained... It's complimentary. It's tastier. There's a very calm or calm energy within the band. Everybody's really used to each other, and I think they also know that I like things my certain way, and they can do their thing, and just not, they don't like... Tavo would probably do yoga with me. Mm-hmm. But you haven't had any food issues oh, or, food issues. you know, food and drink and, you know, when... Well, m- the drummer Mike is also wheat-free, wheat and yeah. I mean, the thing is... Being on the road, I mean, especially, again, we're married and we're together all the time, so we're used to it, but, I mean, being on the road is a whole different thing, and, I mean, Jen's lucky that, you know, she has lots of talented people around her, but, you know, you have to keep people around you that are like-minded, and, you know, if there's one person who only wants to go to Burger King and get drunk every night, I mean, they're not really going to fit in the group, and it probably you'll stop using them as a side musician. We actually so, had this one one drummer with us for the summer and he's obsessed with candy. Oh yeah. And sugar all the time and he'd like So we'd land somewhere he'd be like, where's the ice cream? And he'd be like, he will and have research before we got to the town where and it was kind of a fun like novelty thing for a while, but Yeah. But you know, so we pretty much the people that we tour with the most are very like minded people. We've been together a lot. Also have times. food sensitivities and Yeah. At one point, Jen was touring with a six-piece band, and there was two people gluten-free. Everyone had an really, eating thing. It was more of an intense situation, but now it seems to be pretty leveled out. What would be your dream rider, Danny? 
I'm not a picky person. Like, I actually hate that I'm celiac because I have to be, you know, you go to someone's house as a guest and you're like, I can't eat that. And I hate that because I'm not a picky person and I hate to have to. It draws attention to you, I suppose. Yeah, it just makes, you know, it just makes me seem needy. And and of course now, Mm. especially with servers, the question is, oh, oh, are you celiac or are you just trendy, basically? Uh. So I get blamed for just being, you know, a, a, a trendy gluten-free person where I will actually get quite ill if but it's actually all those trendy people have made it a lot you know more mainstream and, and easier for me to get gluten-free food so I shouldn't shouldn't you Thanks, know trendy. knock knock the trendiers but I press on there must be something he really wants despite it all I don't think that I don't think a little chicken is on the is on the rider right now I take a, a chicken yeah run for Don Kerr who plays with Ron Sexsmith? He's also uh, gluten free, and they would get, you know, just little little chickens. I've been on the cutting edge of weird touring food requests for thirty years. That's Don Kerr, self-titled gluten-free rock drummer for Ron Sexsmith. I called him to get the dirt on those two roasted chickens on his rider. In full disclosure, Don Kerr never babysat for me. I did meet him after a show, however, one time, and he told me he used to work in a juice bar and drank so many carrots that his skin turned orange. Anyway, Don's rider includes... Two roasted chickens, and uh, free-range if possible, but that's usually not the case. That's the most ingenious thing that Dan spotted, <laughs> and other bands have seen that, and they're, they're blown away, because it's basically dinner for the band. Like there's, there's other stuff too, vegetables and fruit and pita and hummus and all that kind of stuff. But when you start touring like big theaters, you have to get there at noon so that the crew can start setting up all this stuff. And then you're sound checking from like three until five and then you get a break. You don't get a lot of time to go out. Oh, let's go find some dinner. Like, what if you're in the middle of a weird neighborhood and there's no restaurants nearby and you're scrambling? And the last thing you want to do is start the show less than an hour after you've eaten the only big meal of the day. So basically, if you're a rider, when you show up at the venue, has like everything you could ever want to eat, <laughs> then you can eat when you want and you won't go hungry and you can even not leave the building if if things go slowly then you're you're going to be okay you'll have enough energy to play the show usually the rider is just snacks there's not necessarily an hour plus left somewhere between sound check and gig where you can go and get food the last thing you want to do is eat indian food right before you play the show cuz <laughs> it's delicious and uh everybody eats too much of it and then nobody can sing or everybody feels terrible I'm sure it's not just me, but once in a while, like I'll go see a band and I'll end up in their dressing room and I'll see what they've got on their rider and I'll think, that's all the stuff I used to get mocked for asking for, corn chips and hummus, you know, which don't actually go together. It's supposed to be pita and hummus. Everybody always wants corn chips and hummus. You know, part of me thinks it's because of me. I'm pretty sure the Jens and Dannys of the world would thank him. And while they're at it, let's thank Coldplay too. We opened for Coldplay when they were first playing huge venues in America. Those guys were like in their early 20s, fresh out of university, and uh, they, they just thought that everything they were doing was totally normal for all musicians to just be playing like Hollywood Bowl. Ron mentioned that he didn't have a washing machine, and they're like, why don't you wash your clothes at home? It's like, <laughs> I don't have a washing machine. What, what do you mean? I, I rent an apartment. 
Like, you know, and they were like, and Chris Martin's brain exploded. Like, this guy who's put out 10 records who he loved doesn't have as much money as he does, and he's like 20-something years old. They were touring with a macrobiotic chef. They would get up in the morning and exercise together as a group. They'd go to the hotel gym, all full band. You know, that would be frowned upon in like heavier rock circles. But if you want to put on a good show every night, you can't be messing yourself up the previous night. They were probably told to do that, and they just said, okay. <laughs> they were very healthy. I mean, the guy had Gwyneth Paltrow as his girlfriend at the time, so that explained a few things. So thanks, Gwenny and Chris, for normalizing health. But it's not so easy when you're not traveling with a macrobiotic chef and you're the lone gluten-free guy in a van full of men. I mean, there was 10 years where I would be, you know, you'd be storm-stayed. And we, I'd, especially when I was first diagnosed with celiac, I'd be driving, you know, and the guys would all just stop and get gas station sandwiches and I would eat a bag of chips for lunch. You did a lot of that for a while. Now that's really yeah. off the radar. Because even if I brought food, though, it was like we did so much driving. That I it feel would like be it was like, like a point of contention in our marriage where I was like, no chips on yeah. the rider. Well, Jen would make all this stuff and send it to me, but it's also gluten-free and doesn't keep. So like I would eat it in the first day, then it would be back to chips. I used to always get more upset because there would be like all of this beer and then a bottle of wine for me on the rider. And then everyone would be like, oh, I'm going to start with a glass of wine. So the wine would be gone, and then they'd be like, oh, now we'll drink our 200 beer. And I'd be like, great, I have nothing. So that was that's more when I got upset. The sandwiches didn't really bother me. I mean, I think, you know, whatever. In Quebec, I'd get cheese curds and... A bag of cheese curds a and a box of wine. A bag of cheese curds and a box of wine in the van Those late at night. Those are not happening now. <laughs> Don't do that so much anymore. We plan more now and we're, you know, again, we're just adults now. That was more in my in my youth when you weren't so organized and didn't have someone taking care of you. Not that Jen's taking care of me. We're taking care of each other, but didn't have someone to plan with. It was just you get picked up at your front door of your basement, you know. Now we do your baby apartment. voice? No. Please. No, it's no, it's not. The people. They want I already it. did one voice. Come on. No. But you do, and even when we arrived in Calgary, you know, we flew into Calgary and found this market. But if we didn't find a market... Then we would have gone... We would have eaten at the hotel, which had some gluten-free. And But, you know, it's always that, like, they have fish, but maybe it's battered and deep-fried. And again, I, you know, I'm not a small person, so I do need, you know, substantial amounts of sustenance. So Something after the chia seeds. Yeah, just something to wash down the chia seeds, like mm. a steak or something. Or a gluten-free beer. I love running into those guys. We actually ran into each other in Australia, like in November. I didn't know they were going to be there, and I don't think they knew we were going to be there. So we showed up at their gig, and the bar had gluten-free beer. So I was excited for myself, but I was also excited because I knew I could bring Dan a beer on stage and blow his mind that it was a beer that he could drink. That was pretty fun. Like to see a guy carrying a six-pack of gluten-free beer, you know you've got a friend there. Who's fighting the same battle of trying to have fun on a tour in the <laughs> middle of nowhere? All right, so gluten-free beer and hummus sounds like the extent of the craziness for these guys on tour. So what's become of the party rock and roll lifestyle stereotypes? Have backstage yoga and green smoothies replaced drugs for dinner? I bet the Rolling Stones are doing the same thing because they, you know, they need to be healthy. Their cells aren't regenerating at all anymore. When you're in your 20s, you can just drink 
every night. I just wake up at noon the next day and feel like groggy for an hour and then you're fine. But after you have kids and are sleep deprived because of that and you can't sleep in in the morning, you start to feel hungover even when you haven't drunk anything. When you go on tour, you got to take care of yourself or you get home and you're, you're a mess. When you're touring in a van, sounds like the secret to cell regeneration starts with bringing your own kit and cooking in your hotel room. You have full control, there's the scientific thrill of cooking with weird appliances, and there's that warming sense of home. Here's Jen and Danny's list of essentials. So, the hot plate, and our Bialetti stovetop espresso, and our Nespresso milk frother. So that's the coffee outfit. And then, I think, you know, just a frying pan, and... I mean, the odd, you know, the odd times hotel rooms have microwaves, and... We've, you know, cooked like we've t- t- we've cooked Thai food in Thai food in, in, in a, a coffee, coffee pot before. Yeah, so yeah. You, you, there's there's tricks, you know, there's certain tricks. Last, but last week we cooked Thai food in a in a kettle. In a kettle, like in the hotel's kettle, and then I hope they got it clean. But I cleaned it pretty well. We cleaned it up. Okay. okay, can can you just give me just walk me through that that process? Yeah. So there's these were just like package. You know, you can get the packages of uh, the rice noodles and. Um, it comes, I, we like the red curry. It's just like, you know, they're at every grocery store. It's just that little box. And we'd have spinach, so we'd chop up spinach. Usually we'd have some nuts and throw so some So when we nuts. did it in the kettle, we actually filled the kettle with water, or however much water is required. We put the noodles directly into the kettle. Yeah. And then we added the packets that come with it, yeah. like the, the powdered coconut milk and the, um, the red, the, curry, the red and curry sauce. Mystery spice. And then we mixed it all together and boiled it for a couple of minutes. And then we poured it out of the kettle into some sort of bowls that we had. Brought no, the brought boxes. Bowls. The boxes. And you back buy in the boxes. Actually, yeah. And then we chop up spinach and put that on top. Chop up cashews. Sometimes if I have a little chicken, you could do <laughs> it'll that. go in there. Yeah. So that's a Thai express. And what about your smoothie? Uh, the smoothie, um, we have the stuff from the rider. So when we arrived in Calgary on that trip, our rider was waiting for us in the hotel, which was the first time that happened. So we just blend together... Some almond milk, a half a banana, a couple handfuls of spinach, maybe some yogurt, plain unsugared yogurt, um, hemp hearts, ground up chia seeds, and blueberries. Note to self, your bullet blender blade does not go carry on because ours is currently in a UPS warehouse somewhere in Western Canada. Don's is similar. Our latest guitar player is a vegan, so he and I would room together, and I bought this little hot plate for 20 bucks, and we brought a pot and a cutting board and some supplies. This is on a tour where you're driving everywhere. If you're flying, you, you kind of, you're on your own. But mostly I pack food, because <laughs> as a gluten-free person, you just, I, I don't want to eat at an airport, or there's nothing going to be on the airplane. So I always got a week worth of food with me, just like dry, you know, rice cakes. And I'll bring a jar of peanut butter and that'll keep me alive. And I'll add like, local produce to that. But my vegan buddy and I, so we would room together. The other guys would go out for a meal in Chicago or something. We had a day off, a night off. And they all went to this Japanese restaurant. And I said, well, we, got, we brought this stuff we should cook. And <laughs> ended up making like the most delicious soup I've ever had on tour. It was just made in our hotel room, just with whatever we found at the grocery store and like some miso and whatever we had. And it was, and the other guys thought it was pitiful and sad. 
because we were eating in our room and, and I can see that but I, it, they had no idea how tasty it was and how much fun it was to be like breaking the rules and cooking in your hotel room that kind of adds a new kind of rock and roll twist <laughs> <laughs> yeah messing with the man by cooking quinoa in his hotel room <laughs> oh that's so good it should be like lighting joints on the hot plate but we're cooking quinoa like, we traveled on Christmas Day last year, and we brought nut loaf. We brought like a whole. Oh Christmas yeah, we brought situation. like a whole Christmas dinner, a vegetarian Christmas dinner onto the plane. What did the people around you say? I think they thought we were adorable. Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't like super smelly or anything. I think that's no. the only time people get. Yeah, maybe even the guy beside us also had some had some. Food Everybody had Christmas dinner with them. Yeah, like people were it was really cute. People were packing. And, of course, after days on the road, nothing beats a home-cooked meal that someone else makes for you. There was, like, a small show I did in North Bay, Ontario, like, seven years ago. We played at a little art school, and there was a baby goat there that came to the show. And then there was this woman on a farm who brought us our our meal, and she just brought all this, like, vegetarian stuff. Like, there was, like, a stew, like, a vegetarian stew, and, like, rice, and salad, and wine and it was just so thoughtful you know that someone had put together something homemade and it was fresh ingredients and that's definitely makes me feel the best i always love when the venue sort of catered like whether it's someone that a lot of times it's the promoter who just does it but like you're getting sort of home cooked meal that is specific to your needs yeah and uh makes you feel like you have some value yeah especially if it's like something hearty like stew or I remember a friend made a shepherd's pot, like a, a vegetarian shepherd's pie once in Regina, and it was freezing, and we'd driven all day, and then we showed up at the venue, and our friend had, was just there with, like, a hot meal. That always feels good. I still get nervous when I talk to musicians, even Jen and Danny, just a little. And Don, well, I giggled through that conversation like a preteen. It was pathetic. But knowing now that really all they want is a home-cooked meal, preferably gluten-free and vegetarian, humanizes them. They get tired, hungry, and miss home, just like you and me. Visit jengrant.com, danielledwell.com, and donker.com for more on what Jen, Danny, and Don are up to. Please take a second to rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher. I'd be so grateful. And you can follow us on Twitter at The Food Podcast or like us on The Food Podcast Facebook page. And please send along any feedback to thefoodpodcast at gmail.com. As always, thanks to Jen Grant for our amazing theme song. Thanks for listening. I'm Lindsay Cameron Wilson. This was a Village Soundcast Network original production.